This is Strength and Vulnerability, the podcast. It's not easy being vulnerable, but when you are, amazing things happen. Your women share their stories. Thank you for joining the Strength and Vulnerability podcast. My name is Erin Brimmer-Wright, and today my guest is Vicki Shenevy. Vicki was the top of her field, bringing in millions of dollars in sales and the only female in her department for over six years when suddenly she became the victim of sexual assault. Although I'm saddened for the reason that Vicki is here, I am so grateful that she's here to share her story. Vicki, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Erin. Thanks for having me. Of course. Can you explain to myself and the viewers, what does sexual assault mean? Well, I appreciate that you asked that because I think it's important to really define that. Uh, when I say sexual assault, in my case, it is actually a legal definition. Okay. Um, you might also might really think of it uh, in a workplace environment as sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. But because this was my direct manager, when he touched me, even whether it was a threatening, non-threatening, and it was a threatening manner, but it was not what you might traditionally think as an assault. So it becomes an assault in the legal proceedings when it's your direct manager who touches you when there's sexual harassment going on. Wow. So what uh, the touching was the hand on the thigh and, you know, which perhaps could be defined as assault in a normal, uh, regular environment, but probably is not. But in a workplace sexual harassment type of environment, that's when it moves from harassment to assault. Wow. Does Um, that make sense? That totally makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, I want to ask a little bit about, uh, not to get too specific, but I'm sure a lot of the viewers might be thinking, what type of environment would lead to this type, you know, of circumstance and, uh, you know, what would invite that and how would that even come to be? So I want to talk about the location specifically in the type of environment that this assault took place? Uh, so there were more than there was more than one occasion, but there was one occasion that made me move forward. So I think that's what we're talking about. So right? let me so there were multiple instances and you didn't say anything and it wasn't until it got really bad that you chose to say something. Yes. My gosh. Okay. Yes. Um, sorry to hear that. Please. No, I mean, it was, well, I don't, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's difficult. Like if, if certain little things are happening, yeah. it's hard to go, oh my gosh. Right. Like, What's the line? Right. So yeah. there is a line. You will know when it's crossed. Okay. And that's what happens. So okay. uh, in this particular instance, mm-hmm. uh, we were at dinner uh, uh, in, um, oh, I'm not going to get specific about where we were. Yeah. I always did, but I don't want yeah. to. Uh, with a client. Yes. Uh, a very important customer. We were uh, have been a customer with them for many years. We mm-hmm. were negotiating a big deal. There was probably, uh, there were six people. Half of them were the client, half of them were employees of the same company. Okay. And I was sitting at a table next to my manager, and uh, around the table were other the other people dispersed so that even though we could have a conversation across from each other, mm-hmm. there could be things happening that people would not be aware of. Okay. And it was, you know, as most modern restaurants yeah. are, it's loud, it's busy, so you're right. not hearing all the context and such is going on. So it's a, it's, so for instance, like it'd be you and your boss sitting next to each other, and then it was a big round table, so people were out having their own conversations exactly. around. Okay. Got it, got it. So it was very easy for things to be happening between two people that the other people, even though they were two feet away, could not hear and could not see and did not know what was happening. So you wanted to save face, A, for the company, and B, for, you know, your client. As well, exactly. Um, That's where context is important. Right, absolutely. Uh, had had this instance occurred in a different circumstance, mm-hmm. uh, I would my reaction would have been what my reaction would normally be, which would be to shut it down, walk yeah. out, be over. Yeah. Uh, in this context, uh, this was a very important client, and mm-hmm. and I and I, I I had a good relationship mm-hmm. with them, and I did not want to subject them to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the CIO was also a woman who. Uh, mm-hmm. Had she known what was happening, 
probably would not have ever done business with us again, and that would not have been good for them nor us. Right, right. Um, and, or my, I mean, for the company as well as, obviously, my pocketbook as well. I had a job, and that's what I did. But, mm-hmm. um, so I, I wanted to, like, not have any reaction yeah. to the people around me. Yeah. Had it been, again, a different context, mm-hmm. had it even just been employees of the same company, I would have reacted differently. Right. Had uh, obviously been out with friends, that would have been a whole different uh, thing. But you temper it because of the context right. and where you are and what the circumstances are. Yeah. Um, my gosh, that's it's so unfortunate that um, this person felt like it was okay to do that to you knowing that you didn't want to, you wanted to save face. Um, that's disgusting. And I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Um, I want to, I kind of want to touch on, cause I understand that it, you didn't speak out immediately. It took you a little bit. So I kind of want to focus on what happened after this dinner specifically. Did you go back to your room and think what the heck just happened? Yeah. So that's a that's a great question, and it's it's, um, I was quite upset, and 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 Absolutely. just to give just to give some background, I've been, you know, uh, I've been uh, working a long time, right, and yeah. I was working before there were any laws that said there was anything wrong with sexual harassment. Mm. I've. I don't want to say put up with. I have had instances mm-hmm. in the past of things mm-hmm. that would never fly today yeah. and that people would not even attempt to say today. Right. So I just want to say this was egregious. Yeah. This was, I was hearing things that I was, this was egregious. I mean, yeah. and I'm not easily offended. Right, right. right? You've, as a saleswoman, you yes. have seen and been in circumstances that have... Yeah. So I just want to like, yeah. say that it was egregious. It was like, oh my gosh, so over the top. Who would say those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was quite upset. And so when we uh, left the restaurant, um, I did call uh, one of the young, one of the women that I, of my coworkers that were at the table, and I'm like, oh my gosh, did you like hear this? And yeah. she's like, no. And so we did get together after that meeting and had a glass of wine, and I was like oh my gosh, you won't believe this. And we went through it because I was really quite upset. Right. Um, The next day, I was supposed to fly with my manager to another destination to see another client, and I just could not. Yeah. Could not. Understandably. (laughs) Right. So I was like, how am I going to get out of this without... Because I'm still worried about... it's, It's interesting, like, your reactions to this. Because uh, you don't think about it ahead of time, so you're like, all this is new, right? And right. Um, so I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to piss him off, which is dumb. Because why wouldn't I want to piss him off? But I really did. I, yeah. That was like a thought, and but I can't, I couldn't be around him. And I was like, how am I going to do this? So I made sure that uh, he was at the airport um, before I texted him and said, I, oh, I have, I had, something came up, and mm-hmm. I have to go home. Oh. Um, and then I went home after, because we were not local, and then I didn't go to the airport until after I knew he was on the airplane. Interestingly enough, we had another client dinner scheduled at a different client's that evening, mm-hmm. which I then found out later that he canceled. I, I don't know what that means. I'm not yeah. trying to read too much into that, but he did cancel that. And then mm. um, it was only later that, as I processed it, that I realized when I'm thinking, oh my gosh, who says these things? How can this be right. you know, verbalized? That he was, uh, had been drinking a lot, but he was mm. also probably doing cocaine. He was going okay. to the bathroom a lot. Yeah. And he left the restaurant actually before we did because he had a nosebleed. Got it. So he probably wasn't even in his right mind or potentially didn't even know to the extent of what he did. And I am... Not, not that's making not an excuses. excuse. That and is I, not like an when excuse. I, when I try to explain this sometimes, like, no, I'm, I'm not excusing his behavior. No, I'm absolutely and, not. No. And, and the reason I point it out is twofold, actually. One is, I, again, I'm not excusing him. I'm not, you know, uh, is that he, and under normal circumstances, he was a little crass, but this just made it even worse. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is the reaction when I talked to my uh, company about it mm-hmm. is they had an employee 
in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. He was obviously a drug addict. He was, you know, and you know, and this came out more, and yet they did nothing for him either. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying they should like help him, but I think there is a somewhat of a responsibility to offer him rehab or right. help him or yeah. uh, you know understand because nothing changed he just went on and probably is still continuing so i'm yeah. again i just offer that as not so much not an excuse but an explanation for part of it and um so it was really difficult so i i went home and i did not know what to do yeah how how long was it since the incident happened to when you went and i understand you looked, you had an, you didn't even know how to talk to anyone about this at your company. There was no, um, it wasn't common knowledge. So you had to look in your employee guidebook handbook and kind of research, like, who do I talk to about sexual assaults? Is there a contact point person? How, how long was that period that you sat with this and kind of just kept silent? So that's a, that I have to, uh, that's a great question. Um, People think nowadays, too, that these things are evident, what you do. And mm-hmm. and this was a, f- a few short years ago. Um, I didn't know what to do. I could not find out what to do. It took. It was hard to even find our employee handbook online because they don't give anything, you know, hard copy. Mm-hmm. And then find that section because it was kind of buried. Mm-hmm. It's not actually even called sexual harassment. I think they just called it harassment. Um, but it was, it was probably a good two weeks while I thought about it and talked to some people that I trusted outside the company Mm -hmm. to try to go. It was a, it's a lot to process. It was trying to just process. You were the victim of someone being extremely inappropriate to you uh, in a, what should be a safe environment when you are solely there to do your job. And I mean... That's so, it just, it infuriates me that this goes on and that it's, it's not okay for this person to have done that to you. And the fact that this wasn't even the first time it has happened. And if it happened to you, more likely than not, it's happened to other people in your company. And that it's, this person is in a managerial position how along the lines you would imagine that this has been going on as this person was climbing the corporate ladder. I think there's a couple of things that you said that are important to remember. And I think the number one thing is it's never once. Yeah. It is never once. Uh, even with, you know, celebrities or well-known people, when something comes out, they're like, oh, one time they did this. It is my experience and, and just life in general, mm-hmm. it's never once. Mm-hmm. If a person does this, they do this. Yeah. They do it more than once. They do it to more people. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think we have to, first of all, remember, it's never once. Yeah. The other thing that happens um, is, I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? Yeah. What did I do yeah. to you know, bring this on? Why wasn't I stronger? Why wasn't I, what did I do? Because mm-hmm. I think as women, we just, sometimes assume we Mm. did the wrong thing Mm -hmm. not that we should but that we do right so there was a lot of thought process of what did I do you know like not I wasn't worried about what I was wearing because I'm in business clothes I mean yeah but you're still thinking about what could I what did I do to bring this on Mm -hmm. and what should I have done differently and so it takes a while to do all get all that together to Mm -hmm. really come to a point where you realize a, I'm not the first. I won't be the last. Mm-hmm. He does this often. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that I did. Right. It's not that. Right. It's other things. And then go, okay, now what do I do? And even even if you wore something that was more revealing, you have the right to do that. So Absolutely. that doesn't even... Yes give allowance for someone to take advantage of you. No, absolutely. Thank you for pointing that yeah. out. I did not mean to imply no, that no, at all. I, I but, don't think so. But it's just the process you go through in your Well, head. absolutely. And right. I, I can completely understand that. And unfortunately, I think many women out there have um, experienced, you know, not necessarily sexual assault, but sexual harassment in one way or the other comes in various forms in the workplace, yes. outside the workplace. And... 
you know, it's, it's true that I've heard from many women that they look inward initially. What did I do wrong? How, why did I bring this onto myself? And it's not, it's not you. You didn't ask for it. You don't feel good when it happens. You don't want this to happen. It's these individuals, unfortunately, that are in positions of power that feel like they have the allowance to do that. Even with, you know, the Me Too movement, you'd think at this time people would be more privy to this is not okay. Women and no one, men, women, this is not acceptable. This type of behavior in any environment, in any circumstance. Um, So, of course, of course. This is, I'm sorry. This is, I'm infuriated (laughs) knowing that you had, you were subjected to this. Um, So, so just to go back. So it was a two week period um, where you're contemplating what's happening. You're uh, speaking with people outside of work, just trying to figure out what the heck just happened to me. I don't know what to do. You're looking for resources. It's hidden and this guidebook. And mm-hmm. so who who ultimately do you reach out to and what strength and courage you have, first of all, to even speak out because many men and women who are um, experience something like this just simply don't because they don't want that attention. They just want to forget it and ignore it. The fact that you felt strong enough to speak out against it is huge because again, to your point, it's not just you. If he can do it to you, it can be done to other people. Why wouldn't it happen to other people? Of course. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, I got a phone call from a new employee. It happened to be, and it was a guy, uh, a man, who, who said, I just witnessed something that was horrible, and I don't know what to do, and I've been trying to find the information in the handbook, and I can't find it, and I'm like, Oh yeah, tell me what happened because we had the same boss, so oh. you know. And it was a, it was an entirely different. I'm not going to go into it, but it was in, it was kind of a, it was different, but very, very much related. Mm-hmm. And I, so I was able to guide him, you know, to where in the handbook because, and I thought that was interesting that nobody can find what to do in the handbook. Mm-hmm. And then in having conversations with him, and then other things that I had heard about, realized. Yeah, this wasn't just a one-off. This is mm-hmm. a recurring, recurring thing. Mm-hmm. And that gave me more courage to actually report it. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to be the lone voice in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize at that time, now that I look back on the experience, that mm-hmm. there were they obviously knew about this guy and hadn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the had, company, you mean? Yes. Okay. And had I known that, I would have been much more likely to have raised my hand probably a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's always helpful to have you know someone to be in solidarity with, right? Right. Um, but then I also think it's know? right. Well, you don't know it, yeah. but also going back to it's important if this happens to you to remember you're not the first but you speaking out would give people courage to come forward so Mm -hmm. the fact that uh he was uh, my fellow co-worker was bringing it up bolstered me and it also helped me in the it's not going to be just a he said she said which oftentimes people think that yeah but again going back to it's never just once Mm -hmm. so it's really Mm -hmm. not a he said she said Mm -hmm. um uh, that well, I, and I, I said never, and that's an absolute, and I probably don't mean. But in circumstances where it's a a person doing this in a business environment, it's almost always you know, uh, uh, always other things. So mm-hmm. it helps to get everybody open. If everybody's just mm-hmm. open, yeah, and communicating, and everybody is talking about it, then it helps everybody out, and then mm-hmm. you don't feel like the lone voice. So that gave me the courage to go. Okay, I'm filing a complaint. Yeah. And um, knowing that I also had like some validation from another source that this is what this person and how this person acts. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yes. And so you file and does anything happen? Are you, is this person escorted out of the company? Wouldn't you think? No. (laughs) I actually do like to think that in certain companies I had worked for previously, had I reported such a thing, 
Um, and I reported in detail. I had documented. One thing I did, I, I guess I should also mention, when I got home was I documented everything time stamped, who said what, did what, when, because I feel like it's really important mm -hmm. to have that because you're, it's hard to always remember the details, right? right? So right. document, document, document. I would say that to anybody going yeah. through anything. Even if you think it's not going to go anywhere, start documenting because the more documentation you have, the better. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I really did think, and again, I feel like in certain companies I have worked for, if I had provided that documentation between the incident that I had and the incident my coworker had, mm -hmm. that person would have been escorted out of the building. That is not what happened. That was kind of my expectation because it's so horrible. Yeah. I mean, it really was horrible. So unprofessional yeah. and so horrible that how can you allow this person to still be associated? Um, so that was an interest. So it was an interesting process. Uh, typically, people tell you to go to your HR, your human resource department. Yeah. And I did not do that because it was uh, rather well known in the company I worked for that. HR really works for the company, not for you. And I think that's something that is true mm -hmm. over and over. Yeah. And yet we think human resources helps is for us and it's not. Yeah. It's a huge misconception. It is. Yeah. Which it is. is unfortunate because that's ever, I was under that. That's where you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Human resources when, no, it's. Their whoever they're hired yes. from, that's their best interest, yeah. Yes, because human resources, I'm the employee, I'm your resource, and I'm human, and you're protecting me, and that's not... No. It's a misnomer in right. a lot of ways. And I don't want to taint, you know, really good human resource departments, but my experience has been they are working for the company, they are not working for the employee. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of, I had heard that within the company I work for from other people that just minor things that they mm -hmm. were not on the employee's side. So when I finally delved into the handbook, you had two options. You could report it to human resources or you could report it to the general counsel who is the top attorney lawyer in the company. Oh. And so I decided to uh, report it to the top to general counsel mm -hmm. instead of HR. And how, how did you do that? Did you have to meet them in person? Did you just file a report? So, you know, I never met him in person. Um, we're, it, you know, this is a international company mm -hmm. and we worked, I, you know, as a, as a uh, uh, account executive, senior account executive, I worked from home and traveled all the time. Mm, so okay. I would go to customers or I might go to an office um, this is also what kind of kept me sane is I was not seeing my manager on a day-to-day -day basis. So Got I don't know it. what would have happened had I had to see him in person shortly after this happened. I probably would have done things completely different. So at least you had somewhat of a buffer in exactly. terms of not having to yes. have that FaceTime with someone who just assaulted and you. And be physically in a meeting. Yes. Right. I could control that because I, and outside of, maybe two face-to-face -face meetings a year. I invited him to customers. I just stopped doing that. So oh, I could control that. I see. Right? So that makes a difference. And mm -hmm. so I didn't... So you don't see people... But that bad... So it's good because mm -hmm. you can live anywhere, but it's bad because you don't have that physical presence around mm -hmm. people. So everything was done either phone or email. Right? Got it. Got it. Uh, and so I made a phone call to the general counsel's office and talked to, of course, an assistant and said, this is what's I'm doing and I'm sending an email and I have the documentation and this is coming your way. Mm -hmm. So, um, and he contacted me very, fairly quickly okay. after. Um, and that experience was not a good experience either. Because in the documentation, I documented everything that happened mm -hmm. and all the words that came out of my manager's mouth, mm -hmm. which um, I have not said out loud to very many people because I'm, it, it's like, again, I'm not easily offended, but it was like, whoa. And I don't even like to like say it. Okay. Wow. Um, and so I put it in the document, obviously, mm -hmm. and sent it to them. And the general counsel read it and he called me and, um, to discuss it with me and he asked me questions and he asked me to read what was in the documentation and I was 
on the phone with him going exactly uh that makes me very uncomfortable it's in writing you can read it why do you need me to verbalize it yeah it is it is those are not words that i say (laughs) because if they were maybe i wouldn't be in this situation but those aren't words i say so and and he pressed the issue enough to where i did say them and i'm like you know and then i was like i'm not doing this and it like put off all kinds of red flags in my head. Like, what is the point of this? That's so bizarre. It's that doesn't. Scary. How is that helping make you feel safe? Number one, and for you to have to relive it and to revocalize what was said to you and makes you very uncomfortable. Well, making me feel safe was never a goal of theirs. Let's just say, yeah. right? Obviously, yeah. that was not there. Protecting them, their the mm-hmm. company, mm-hmm. and even protecting you know my manager was more important to them than protecting me. Um, they did do a. There was a big company wide meeting coming up. They did put tell me that okay, well, stay away as much as you can. And here's the name of like his manager. Manager, he'll be like he's supposed to know where you are. And and that didn't really happen. Um, oh. At, what did happen is uh, the general counsel did involve HR. Mm-hmm. Uh, the HR, I don't know if he was a VP or an EVP. And they did call my manager and tell him that customers have complained about him. Interesting. And that he should like watch his behavior at this big customer-facing huge conference we're mm-hmm. having. It, that is interesting. Because it's either they lied or there were other complaints. Right, right. I, I'm, and I still don't know which one that is. Um, mm. So it set off a series of, of actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told that they would investigate my claim. Right. Um, which they really didn't. Uh, my manager started mm-hmm. investigating what he heard and asking questions and trying to find out like who told on him. That is so inappropriate. So inappropriate. Because what, the only reason you would, why would you, first of all, ask that question? That in itself is inappropriate because let's say he found out that it was you who said something. What are his expectations to further (laughs) humiliate you? Yes. Right? And to make you feel more less than and to put you on the spot even further. I don't. I just want to pause really quickly because I don't know if people who have never experienced something like this inappropriate um, that has happened to them and had to have spoken out to a manager's complete strangers and basically been... It seems like when the general counsel called you, it seems more of a harassment tactic to me in terms of making you relive that and revocalize what was said to you. I don't understand the legitimacy behind that. But it it seems like it wanted to make you feel a little bit smaller, so perhaps you would be quiet about it and just want it to go away. I mean, this is just a theory. I really don't know. I wasn't present. But I don't see the merit and the value in making you relive this experience over and over. And the fact that you had the strength to say something about it, um, most, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have it because of the consequences, such as this person now going around the office saying, "Who? I know somebody said something about me. Who said it? I don't know if people realize it's, I've, I've heard that, you know, the Me Too movement and people speaking out about sexual harassment and everyone, you know, everything sexual harassment that's not the case because of the backlash that you receive and the scrutiny that you receive. Why would you want to invite that? You only do that if you're led up to a place where you just can't go on with that. You can't hold that or carry that anymore. And you shouldn't have to. No. And you shouldn't have to be put on the spot. And it's right. It's totally unacceptable. <laughs> It's it is. so unacceptable yes, it is. that it this is. person felt it was just to go around and ask who's talking about me. Well, I agree. Um, more unjust is when I pointed that out to the general counsel that this was happening, they didn't do anything. Nothing happened. Um, I can understand, okay, maybe he's just whatever. 
you know, being mm-hmm. his ego, whatever. He, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't, because it, again, not to defend him, it would not surprise me at all if he didn't remember what happened. Sure. He was so coked out, like, I don't know. If, does that affect your memory? Probably. So I think sure. he could probably legitimately say, I don't know, I don't remember, I don't know. And that might be a valid thing. I doesn't Again, not excusing the behavior because mm-hmm. it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, what really slayed me was that when I reported it to back to the general counsel, he was like, oh yeah, we'll talk to him. And that never happened because that behavior never changed because I started to hear from other people I worked with that he was calling them and asking them, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, so that whole like protecting the wrong person yeah. is, is in there, and mm-hmm. I felt very betrayed in a lot of ways, but more so in that I trusted this general counsel. He said all the right things about what they would do mm-hmm. and what would happen, right. and then did none of those things. How do you know? How do you because know? he told me at the end of it that they never investigated. Wow. That's when I called an attorney. Um, because if you... Wow. The other th- one of the other things I did when this first happened was Google sexual harassment, you know. And right. there are steps. There are like five steps that a company has to take by law when someone reports sexual harassment. Uh, it has to be documented. I'm not going to get them all right, but but if they also, if it's your direct manager, they must remove you from be reporting to that direct manager and give you okay. a temporary manager, and they must investigate. And there's a, there's a couple others, but it's on, you know, like it's it's very specific, right, right? And so that's what I expected to happen. Right. This was a billion dollar year company. We're not talking about a small company. Right. So right. I expected they would have those processes in place. Mm-hmm. I expected that they would investigate it because mm-hmm. by law they have to and mm-hmm. that those things would all happen. And I thought that he told me they were inf- going to investigate. I thought that's mm-hmm. what was happening. Mm-hmm. And in fact, none of those things were happening. Mm. And um, time goes, so a, f- you know, a few months go on, every, nothing's really changing. I'm sure, you know, uh, the coworker that I worked with who had you know, brought up another instance also gave them a report and told them who outside the company witnessed the behavior to talk to. And two weeks went past and they had not contacted the person. And uh, so my coworker contacted the general counselors like, why are, haven't you contacted this person? Right, right. And they're like, oh, we've been busy, blah, blah. And he's like, you know. And so the person wow. outside the company actually contacted the general counsel. Then they accused my coworker of being friends with that person and therefore whatever that person said was invalid. Okay. Which, whether <laughs> it, whether they were friends or not, had nothing to do with, and I don't know if they were, but it had nothing to do with the behavior that that person witnessed. Right. It, that's irrelevant. They could have been cousins. It's irrelevant. Exactly. The behavior is the behavior exactly. which is being reported. Yes. So it became really obvious they didn't really want to do anything. And so yeah. I'm, I was, I, I knew I should be contacting an attorney, but I had no idea mm-hmm. how to find the, do you Google sexual harassment lawyers? Do you, you know, watch late night TV and, you know, get the ambulance chase? I had no idea. Right. I didn't know anyone who'd gone through this. I didn't know anyone to contact. Right. Um, and so I started doing some research and I, and then as it went, and but I was reluctant because what I wanted to happen, I wanted the behavior to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I actually did want him to get help because I feel like he needed help. But I wanted the company to put some policies in place and change the way the company operated. Right. And to, right. to at least operate within the law and do the things that the law says you should do. Right. I really wanted change. I, did, I was not looking for monetary. Because in the meantime... I'm working. I continue to work. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. I had to bring in people around my manager to do things and, and kind of put him off a lot. It was difficult, but I continued to do my job. I continued to write business. I continued to do that because that's mm-hmm. what I was there for. Right. Um, so I really wanted change. And it was obvious mm-hmm. change was not going to happen. Because mm-hmm. if it's not, it's not just you. Right. There's no way. If they can go this far with doing nothing. Yes. Yeah. And the attitudes 
for a company the size of the company that they were to not have better processes in place and to not know what to do mm-hmm. and just do those things. Like if you are a large corporation or a small one, you have processes mm-hmm. for when certain circumstances happen. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not it's not rocket science to just follow the process. Yeah, you would assume that every company, especially knowing how knowledgeable people are about what sexual harassment is and I mean, the line I feel like is gray to most, but when it, you know, when it crosses it to the extent that it did with you, that certain measures should should be taken. Yes, it shouldn't just be ignored. Yes, that that at, le- at the very least, that is common knowledge. At least, I mean, the law sets out what they have to do. Right. So at the very least, you follow the legal prescription. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the least you do. Right. And they didn't even do that. Like, it'd be great if you added, like, nicer things to it and more helpful things to it. But at the very least, Mm -hmm. you would follow what the law says you have to do. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even do that. Now, this was before the Me Too movement. Okay. Right? It was, like, a year before um, or two before. uh, And it wasn't – so it wasn't on – companies radars as much Mm. so I and I don't work there I haven't worked there since because part of our settlement was that I would never work there again so I don't really know if things have been put in place I would hope so Mm -hmm. Um, but it was before it got so high profile I mean we all knew it happened but it became much more in people's minds I think with the me too and time's up which in a good way I I just want to kind of go back to what you just said you spoke out against someone who unfairly um, had inappropriate actions towards you and you spoke out against it within the company. They didn't do anything. You therefore felt um, you needed to get support from an attorney. And part of the agreement, once the attorney filed, was that you were no longer allowed to work for this company. So solely on the fact that you, the victim, had this pushed onto you, you never asked for it. And the fact that you, it wasn't just a one-time thing and you tried to go the route of HR and, or I'm sorry, um, what, uh, what was it? The general counsel, the general counsel. Thank you. Going through the route of the general counsel. Um, the, your last option is to get an attorney. And then the result is we don't, you can't work here anymore. Well, so you're out of a job. Yes. That was, that was the ultimate, um, uh, settlement. Mm-hmm. Their first settlement was a, a very small amount of money and I could keep my job, <laughs> which I found oh. really interesting because, uh, there are other things happening. So, so what happens is, um, they actually do fire this person but mm-hmm. for cause. And then the general counsel calls me and says, oh, did you hear? We fired him. And I'm like, yeah, I did hear that. However, what, what did the investigation find? What mm-hmm. did you find? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And he, that's when he said, oh, we didn't investigate him. And I was like, but you have to, by law, investigate whenever someone file, files this. And they said, he said, oh, we didn't have to investigate him. We believed you. How long, how long did it take between you filing and them firing this person? Um, eight months? Six, eight months? So it took them six to eight months to believe you, number one. And it took them six to eight months to do literally nothing. Um, I would say, and I, again, you know, there's certain things you just don't know. Right? Sure. I don't really know this. Here's my guess. Mm-hmm. I would say they believed me immediately. Okay. Uh, because they'd had other issues with him. Okay. And that's why they never really investigated him. And uh, they fired him uh, because we were in sales and it was the end of a sales year and he didn't make his number. And I see. they kept him on board for those six to eight months because he kept saying he had he was bringing in business and they wanted the dollars. And so when the dollars didn't materialize... Then they didn't need it. They were like, well, you know, we don't care anymore. Now you're out. Because he's not profitable. Right. 
and we we don't care about that stuff mm-hmm. now because um, you know we we kept you on board because you said you're going to bring us you know five million dollars worth of business mm-hmm. you didn't do that so now we don't care anymore and it wasn't and. Plus, we need to get rid of you because you're a problem. Right. But right. as long as you're bringing us dollars, we're going to take those dollars yeah. first. Does that make sense? It like, does, yeah. it's it's all it's all contrived in there. Now, yeah. none of that, you know, you'll never see that in writing. You'll never find that. Right. Um, so when he called the general counsel, called me and told me that you know he was they fired him, and they never invested him because they believed me. And I and my response was, you have to investigate. You can't just believe me which also told me I wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. Because what if I had been the only one and he's like, we believed you. That's not acceptable. Like, that's not okay for anybody. No. And again, I'm not excusing anything about his behavior. Right. But he is also entitled to being investigated. Right, sure. Right? So, and maybe they could have helped him find a path to go to rehab. <laughs> I don't know. Right. You know, right. and... So it was, it was, it was a really odd conversation with the general counsel. I'm like, but you, but you can't, you can't not do something. Mm-hmm. You can't just believe me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I wasn't making it up, but you, that's not okay. And he's like, well, you know, and, and I'm like, okay. So then, that's when I hung up and I thought about it a little bit, and then I was like, I should have gotten an attorney long before this, and that's when I started calling. I had the list. I just started calling and found an attorney. Mm. So then they put a new acting manager in place. And a couple weeks pass, the acting manager calls me. And he says to me, so I understand you're... Because I'd already filed the lawsuit. And I'd filed the lawsuit in that time frame. Okay. So he says to me, so I understand you're suing the company. And I'm like, so my understanding is you... Cannot say that to me. This you was the cannot... first time he spoke to yes. you. Yes, yeah. Because he's like, I understand you're suing us, so what is that about? What do you want to tell me? And I'm like, you know, wow. I don't want to tell you anything. Right. And you are not supposed to be saying, asking me anything. Right. And that just like, it just, as so as it went on, it's like, this just, this is not going to be a good thing ever. No. Nothing is changing. Now I've got this, and now I have this, Everybody knows. Right. So even when they came back with an offer of, oh, we'll give you this much money, you can keep your job. It's like, that's, I knew I would be fired in a very short period of time mm. with nothing because that was just their way to get out of it. I knew I was not going to mm. be protected at all. And so right, right. that's when the end, what became the end point of having an attorney was to uh, negotiate an exit package mm. because there was just no good way to stay. Do you feel like you were forced out of your career path because of this instance? Like once you filed, was it kind of you were now tainted, like your resume and that word kind of got out? So that's a really good point. Um, Yes. (laughs) The short answer is yes. I don't think I thought as much about it at the time. At the time, I wanted it over. Yeah, sure. It was way too much negative energy. I just just wanted it over. Yeah, of course. I, it had been months. I, 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 don't dwell, I don't like to dwell on negativity. I wanted to move forward. Um, I don't think I realized. Uh, it, it wasn't so much that I wouldn't have references from within the company, because I would have those. Mm-hmm. And the company itself's reputation wasn't all that great. And so that wouldn't really hurt me uh, so much as the fact that I did not realize, and I should have, that lawsuits are are uh, public. Mm. So the information's out there. Mm. Like if you Google me, you see the lawsuit. And and but it, all it says is that I sued my uh, employer. Got it. Basically. So I didn't really realize. Plus, with my age, um, and that that I was pretty much ending my not just my job at that company, but my career in that field. Because who's going to hire me at my age? with that mm. in the background when they can see that. Because I don't know, if I'm a hiring manager, I'm Googling people, right? right? Yeah. And I'm seeing you've sued your former employer. I'm like, no matter what reason, I'm probably going to stay away. So you're kind of backed into a corner where you, you just can't win, right? You either stay quiet and you're subjected to the same inappropriate behavior over and over and over because yeah. you don't feel 
you know, like your voice would do it, change yes. it anyway. Yes. And when you do speak out, now no one's, the company is trying to quiet you, essentially, and that's not acceptable. And so you kind of go after them with an attorney and say, this isn't appropriate, this is not okay, you should change your policy. Well, now your reputation's tainted and you can't come back. That, it's ridiculous that that's how your, and it's not just your story. I've heard this story from many others, unfortunately, especially when it comes to industries that are, you know, smaller scale even, um, where everyone kind of knows each other. And so word gets around. So what, in your mind, what advice, knowing this is where we are, of course, there's a goal of where to go, that this sort of thing is not tolerated mm. and unacceptable, and you speaking out against injustices that have happened to you doesn't ruin your reputation and doesn't make you unhirable. Right now, today, what would you say to women out there who are you know, younger, who potentially are dealing with something like this, and they too feel like they're backed into a corner where they're keeping silent because what is their voice going to say? What, mm-hmm. what would you recommend mm-hmm. to them? Uh, that's a very difficult question to Fair actually enough. answer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. you know, because every situation is different, right. uh, admittedly, right? Um, and there's a part of me that wants to be uh, the activist and speak out against injustice and say, file and fight it and do the right thing and, mm-hmm. you know, screw the system and do all that. And we know, though, sometimes that outcome is not the outcome you want. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't get the outcome I wanted. Right. I wanted change. And that, didn't and that did not happen. Right. And so, uh, you know, and as there's a Gloria Steinem quote that I will not be able to tell right now, but it was, it's about, we, it's not about what happens to you in life. It's what you do with what happens to you in mm-hmm. life. And so mm-hmm. it, I can't say it turned out, I, I, I'm happily volunteering and doing a lot of really good things. If I was a younger person, I think you still need to stand up for yourself. Right. Um, if you do the right thing, find out what the process is in your company and follow, first of all, follow the process. Right. If the process doesn't work, then you have options. But you have to first allow the process yeah, to work. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? right. Hopefully it will work. Uh, if not, then you have options, then you get an attorney. Um, it's really difficult, though. You, know, you are worried about uh, your income. Your job. I mean, it's, you know, your reputation. It is right. nothing is easy out right. there. But if but do the right thing by. I mean, follow the process. Right. Find your. It should be in there. Find it. If you need to find an attorney, find one. Find a good one. Yeah, <laughs> it's important. Yes. Um, and but you have to. Th- you have to always think about what's best for you, mm-hmm. because there's so much out there that should already be changing the system. And you want to add your voice to it if you want to be, you know, more of an activist. Mm-hmm. At, and yet you have to look out for yourself right. first. You have right. to look into yourself and decide what's best for you. Right. Maybe what's best for you, if it's a really bad situation, is and and is is finding another job mm-hmm. in a company that has a better culture. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for a job, I would say. Find out all you can about the company culture. Mm-hmm. Um, find out what their history is like. Talk to, try to talk to people who work there that people aren't like sending you to LinkedIn. And I'm going to do a little advertisement, but LinkedIn is a good resource yeah. for that. You know, network, know people so that mm-hmm. you can talk to them outside of it, mm-hmm. and find the companies. There are many companies that don't have that kind of culture. Right. Find those right. and work for them. Yeah. Uh, but if it's and if it's really bad, you know, you can. Leave a company and then get an attorney. You don't have to stay mm. and go through this process. Interesting. If it's really super t- yeah, hard if you for feel you. unsafe, right? That's not. I I'm mean, not. You know, don't. don't. You, and and if you don't have to stay, you right. can still get an attorney after the fact. That's good to know. But 
document, document, document. Make sure you write down everything, Mm -hmm. date, time, everything. Mm -hmm. Because even absent a witness, the documentation is powerful. And Mm. you won't be able to recall it later. And then you can have that to go forward. Uh, So don't stay in a situation where you feel unsafe Mm -hmm. um, by any means. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't want to do anything within that company. But it doesn't mean you have to stay there and not do anything. Right. You can leave and do something. Yeah. And look for a better position. I would like to think that companies' processes are better now Mm -hmm. and that you could actually use the process Mm -hmm. and affect uh, the right change that you want. Right. So I, you know, go there first. Yeah. I, I cannot thank you enough and for your time and your sharing your story because I think even though you know, this is more common knowledge in terms of, you know, women starting to speak out against sexual assault and sexual harassment. It's your story and the reality of your experience, unfortunately, is very common, not necessarily going to the lengths you did, but in terms of companies not siding by you and trying to essentially make you not speak out against it. And it's by men and women talking about their stories and being open about it and vulnerable about it that others can learn from it and others can share about it so it's not a taboo subject and that the more vocal we are that would eventually hopefully ideally implement change so thank you i know this wasn't easy i know this isn't a fun topic to talk about but it's so important and i so value your time and again i am so sorry to talk to you under these circumstances but i am so happy that um, you felt safe and comfortable to speak with me and to share your story with everyone who hopefully finds value in it. And if they, if you know anyone who's going through anything, you know there's resources out there to help you. Um, and you can always leave. Unfortunately, that's kind of what I'm. The, you know the end the end route, yes. right? Look yes. after yourself first. You are the person you need to look out first, not your company, not even your fellow employees necessarily. If you are the victim, you are the person you have to take care of, number one. So thank you. You're most welcome. And thank you for inviting me on your podcast. And I just want to, I do want to say that I think it's awesome what you're doing with your podcast. I think it's really important and I hope it gets out there to a lot of people. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for saying that. I think it's awesome. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in. Hopefully see you soon. 